GE Appliances and Air and Water Solutions is dedicated to serving the unique needs of the plumbing, heating, and ventilation and air conditioning industry. GE has launched a robust product portfolio that includes water heaters, water filtration, commercial HVAC, ductless, and ducted HVAC. The GE team is focused on putting the pros at the center of our business by delivering an iconic, trusted brand that is easy to sell, an innovation that makes installation easier, and dedicated to support that makes doing business simpler. At GE, we call this being pro-centric. To learn more and request information about GE, go to geappliancesairandwater.com. That's geappliancesairandwater.com. Catherine Wassner is the founder and lead consultant at The Next Page, a firm specializing in strategic planning facilitation, strategy alignment, goal setting, board development, and volunteer management. She has facilitated over 150 strategy sessions and has spoken at many conferences and events. Welcome, Catherine. Good afternoon. Mark Madison here on Books and People. Today, I'm super excited to have our guest, Catherine Wassner. How are you? I'm great, Mark. How are you? Ha <laughs> Right as rain, sound as a pound. <laughs> I went to England in August, so I'm still kind of, there's an aftershock. That's pretty good. Yeah. Language. Yes. I'm going to Italy next month, so I'll have to I'll have some uh, things following that maybe. Well, we'll have to talk about that. Good for you. Yeah. So I'm trying to remember uh, when we met and where. So I think it was 2015, maybe-ish. Mm -hmm. uh, we were at an event in Seattle. Yes. And you were was, speaking, I spoke, you were the main speaker. I spoke for a couple of minutes at the event, but you were the main speaker. And that is where we met. I know I've run into you a few times since then at various events in, I think, 2021. Also in Seattle, we were both at an event as well. But yes. I believe it was 2015 when we met, so a little while ago. I'm like a bad penny. I just keep showing up. <laughs> so where did you grow up? So I grew up in New Jersey, born and raised in New Jersey. You know, uh, I still live within a 15 mile radius of of where I was born. Uh, so I've always lived in New Jersey, but I have traveled extensively. So I've been to all 50 states, most of them multiple times. But, uh, you know, always lived in the same little area in New Jersey. I'm jealous because I haven't been to Maine or Wyoming to speak. I've been there to visit, but not to speak. Mm. Yeah, so I they're two good ones. They're they're uh, two I good know, ones. right? So, <laughs> yeah. what did your parents do? So, um, when I was young, my mom worked in retail, and then when I got a little older, she got a job at like a law firm handling documents, and then worked in the insurance industry handing uh, handling documents for life insurance policies. Mm. My father was a firefighter, and he actually was killed in the line of duty when I was thirteen. Oh no! Yeah, so that's how uh, hard was that? Yeah, that's that's by far in my life the thing that has most made me who I am. I was 13, he was 37. So having someone just kind of poof and vanish like that, I, uh, he dropped me off on the way to work, gave me a kiss goodbye. And then mm. that evening got very badly burned in a fire and died two days later. And I never, so I never saw him again. So just that, uh, you know, that anyone dying that unexpectedly and when you're that age has a huge impact. So right. you know, always that those sayings, you know, always, treat everyone like you know you might not see them again kiss right. them goodbye tell them someone you love them 
you know, very young in my life, that's kind of how I how I live because you really do never do know. You were forced to grow up really fast. Absolutely. Yeah. It just and that was the first funeral I ever went to. And mm. you talk about, you know, a firefighter's funeral is thousands of people. Yeah, that's so, pageantry. I, yeah. Absolutely. Like I, you know, I was on the news, the camera zooming in on, you know, this firefighter. And look at his poor daughter. So there oh. was, they of course zoomed in on me on the steps of the funeral home crying. Um but it really was, it was just a really big experience that I did not expect to go through when I was 13. In hindsight, how do you think that changed you? Uh, it changed everything about me. I think it changed, again, how I interact with people. I feel like I'm a little more patient and a little kinder. Yeah. Um, it totally changed how I am as a parent. Because, you know, you, you as a child, again, that's just a, a almost an indescribable thing to happen to you. Again, they're just the one day someone's gone. Um, and then, you know, you mourn that and then you kind of grow up and you, you know, you're, you, you don't really move on, but you live with it. And then right. when I have kids, it, it changes you because then you look at that from the parent point of view. Right. Like what if I had to leave my children when they were 13 years old? How awful is that for the parent? Right. So, um, so I think it just, it, it's, it's changed me just in every way. Um, and my kids now are, you know, even grown up. But my kids know a lot about my father and we still talk about him and he died when I was 13. So he's right. even even in that he is the person who's had the the biggest influence on me by far. <laughs> and we were only together for 13 years. So it, it changes everything about you. My mom lost her dad in World War Two when she was eight. Mm -hmm. So and I know, I know that changed her. Yeah, it definitely that, did. It makes you. Yeah. I have a, really, a very good friend who also who lost his father, I think, when he was uh, eight or nine. And we even joke, like, we're, we're such good friends because, like, we have that missing piece. There's something right. about, about that. There's so, a connection there. Yeah. 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 It, it really does change you. So and then I, it was off. Oh, go ahead. I, I, and I was totally cheated out of parents. My mom died at 59 years old. Oh, so, my gosh. Yeah. So I was I was really cheated in the parent department. <laughs> Both of them died very young. Well, and then when my mom passed, because my dad passed first, uh, I, I realized I was an orphan. Mm -hmm. You know, not yeah. technically because I have siblings, but. That's how I felt. And yeah. I think it was it was hard as it was to lose my dad. It was harder to lose my mom. It is I hard. Really and I, I have no siblings. So oh, when yeah. my mom died, it kind of was like, okay, okay, I'm, I'm an orphan now. And I, I really am. Um, you know, I had kids by then and on all that. But yeah, it's it's it is weird. No matter how old you are when you lose your parents. Yeah. Uh, you know, I have friends, you know, I who are blessed to still have two parents. Yes. And I've had friends who, you know, have more recently have like lost, you know a parent or, or two and right. uh, no matter how old it is you know it, it it hits you it hits you hard but um yeah. but yeah I was really gypped out of parents <laughs> well every afternoon at 2 30 I make a cup of tea and I say I miss you mom because she mm -hmm. was British mm -hmm. and every time I make somebody laugh it's my father channeling mm -hmm. dad it's nice you know? but yeah our parents are a part of us aren't they forever and ever yeah they're not gone they're just uh they're just waiting mm -hmm. absolutely yeah so then it was off to school for you. Where'd you go to school? Yeah. So I went to Rutgers University, again, still in New Jersey. Um, I went there for undergrad. I have an economics degree. And then I have an MBA from there, both from Rutgers. I live about 20 minutes from Rutgers. So again, never ventured too far away. Um, so yeah, st still all New Jersey. I thought it was up. They pulled me back in. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so your first job out of school was what? My first job out of school was, um, I have to think about that. Um, well, I worked at a pharmaceutical company way back when I was, you know, a youngin. Um, so that was kind of the, the first real job I had 
And I worked there for about 10 years. New Jersey has lots and lots of pharmaceutical companies. So right. lots of folks work in pharma in New Jersey. So my first job was at a, a pharmaceutical company. Big pharma. Big pharma, yep. And, and you know, there's a lot of money in New Jersey. People don't realize that from the West Coast. There's so much affluence in New Jersey. There, there is. I mean, there's, there's, you know, lots of affluence and then lots of poverty that we have kind of all of the, the whole spectrum. But yeah, there are many very affluent places in New Jersey. Also the proximity to New York City. So you have, right. you know, a lot, of, a lot of that. And even in that, I live maybe 20 miles from New York City, from Manhattan. Um, I live, you know, not too far from there. So that, I think that adds, you know, some of that affluence because there's lots of things in New York City that go on. It makes me smile when I hear something from the We'll meet you down the shore. Yes, yeah, yeah. meet you down the shore. With that is what we say. <laughs> <laughs> it, it is funny, and yeah, it's down the shore. We don't go to we'll, the beach. We go down yeah, the shore. We'll go down the shore. We'll go to Asbury Park. Hey, yeah. we'll see if Springsteen's around, huh? Actually, actually, my son lives in Asbury Park. <laughs> I love Asbury Park. I have a client there the last twenty-two years, and uh, I go out there a couple times a year. And, and after a couple, three days, I'm talking like this. How's your dog? How's your daughter? Good. You, you, you. I can't help it. I was going to say, yeah. you have more of a New Jersey accent than I do right now. Look at you. I know. <laughs> Talk to me. Let's have some coffee. I was I was in Shrewsbury and I, I ordered a, I got a New York Times and an Asbury Press. And, I, and she goes, oh, look at you. Two newspapers. <laughs> and, and with my coffee. Yeah. Yeah. I can't help it. So, so coming up, who were your mentors? Who were the people um, that made a difference in your life? You know, I, I'm not sure that I necessarily had a mentor. Um, you know, I, I, thinking about that, I think, you know, very early in my career, I talked about working at a pharmaceutical company. There were two people there who were two bosses at different times who I think kind of really helped shape my career and gave me a lot of confidence and neither of them know this. So I'm going to have to tell them to listen to this. Um, right. The first one, uh, her name was Dr. Alice Till. She was um, very well-respected. She was intelligent. She had a presence about her. Um, she was the first smart, successful, like career-driven woman I ever met. Again, mm. I, was, I was pretty young when I worked there. So she was kind of, uh, you know, different. And she always treated me with respect, asked for my opinion, treated me like a colleague, not my boss. And again, I was really young when I worked for her. Um, so I, and I think a lot of the things just, again, the respect that she gave me and even the way she carried herself and the respect that she commanded have kind of, you know, is something I try to emulate in my career. Right. The second was also someone I worked at a few years later. Uh, his name was John Wagner. When I worked for him, I was maybe 24 years old. I mean, I was I was pretty young. And he gave me a lot of responsibility. He had a lot of trust in me. Uh, and he also, you know, gave me a lot of respect, valued my opinion. Uh, mm. So, yeah, I, I had two, two people really young in my, early in my career who were really impactful. And again, neither of them know this. So right. I'm going to have to make sure I reach out and tell them, uh, tell them what they've meant to me. But it really you is- You need a, to write him a letter. I do. I do. I, I'm, I'm going to do that. Yeah, 10 great things I got from you. Yeah. 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 But, but again, oh. both of them, and again, they were just, that's just who they were. They were just good people, but they were good people. And, and the, they gave me so much confidence and, and respect. Uh, it was, it was, they were good people. My son asked me, our youngest son asked me a question the other day uh, that someone asked him at work. He said, if you were in a room with everyone you've ever met, who would be the first person you'd go talk to? Wow, that's a really hard question. Right? I know. Wow. 
What he said to me was you, Dad. Ah. <laughs> he said then Jen, but don't tell her. <laughs> oh, <that's laughs> oh no, that that's like that's like a really deep question to think right. about. Wow. I know. None of this uh these polite, you know, innocuous questions. We're going yeah. right to the heart. Yeah. We can circle back if you need some time. Yeah, I I'm not even sure I, I know how to answer that. Like I I can't even I know it's one of the best questions wow. I've ever heard. Yeah, that's it's just so big. Like every person you've ever met. And if I give you an answer now in an hour, I'm gonna go, oh no, it should have been that person. Yeah, so any it probably should be you, five or ten, you know, yeah, who are the, who are the five yeah, people. Yeah. But the uh, people you've ever met, that's that's really, really interesting. Yeah, it really is. It, you know, as questions go, it's right there near the top. Yeah. What wow. books had an impact on you? Um, as, as you know, I'm not a huge reader, but I've been I've been reading more the last couple of years. Uh, so uh, yeah, I tried to make reading a habit. You know, if something once something becomes a habit, you kind of miss it if you don't do it. So I do try to read every morning for a little while. But until a few years ago, I was not a reader at all. So right. uh, a few books that I've read that I think have really made an impact. I love the Freakonomics books. Mm, yeah, love, he's so smart. Love those books. And again, I have an economics degree. So I appreciate like the, they're like the social use of an economic theory. Love that. And I think my mind works that way. So I, right. I love those books. I think those are really, really good books. Uh, recently read the 5am club. Oh. And that's a book, you know, about owning your morning and creating morning habits and starting your day off in the right frame of mind. Um, I'm which I've sure. done for 30 years. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, a morning routine is so important. It's huge. I'm not, yeah, I'm not sure I've subscribed to the 5 a.m. club's morning routine. I haven't been getting up at five and doing the exact things, but I do kind of have a morning routine and I appreciated that book. Um, well, mine's 5.30 though, so I, I sleep in a little bit. That's good, yeah. No, I know I sleep about 6.30. I can't sleep much later. Dogs want to be fed, but um, <laughs> but yeah, I'm not, I'm not a late sleeper, but I'm not quite a 5 a.m. person either. <laughs> yeah, it's either a.m. or p.m. One of the things I talk about in my seminars is, you know, the hour power, read for 20 minutes, uh, think about your goals for 20 minutes, and then write mm -hmm. down what you have to do, six things you need to do today. And that's a lovely ritual that allows me to do first things first, one thing at a time, and finish when mm -hmm. I start. Yeah, no, it, it makes a difference. Having that morning routine, really does make a difference how like starting your day off with a plan yes. really they go better so uh big big fan of that another book that comes to mind i read actually recently the more of less it's about minimalism mm. and i'm not a minimalist but I, i'm a person who doesn't like clutter and like unnecessary things so i appreciate that and i think that's been you know kind of just in your mindset uh you know taking a look at at the things do you need these things as a society right. As a society, we're kind of trained that you need all this stuff and you really don't. So uh, I think that was a, I enjoyed that book as well. George Carlin has a whole routine on stuff. A yeah. house is just a place for my stuff. Exactly. And it's, <laughs> but it's it's so true. And for so many people, it's all about stuff, right? Oh, uh, and again, the older I'm, I get, the less person, stuff I want. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, I'm not a person like, you know, when, when I grow old and my kids have to clean out my house, there's not going to be a lot of stuff because I, I don't keep a lot of things. Uh, so I, I pre again. I'm no minimalist. I could never live quite that quite that simply, but I do appreciate. Um, I did appreciate that book and just that thinking. So, found an article recently in the local paper. Twenty seven thoughtful questions for deeper conversations. And the first thing uh, this woman Sarah McCullough says is, instead of saying "How are you?", ask "What's what bring What's bringing you joy lately?" Mm. 
Yeah, that's a much better question because how are you? Everyone just says I'm fine, whether they yeah. are or they're not. <laughs> Emerson used to ask, uh, "What's become clear since the last time we met?" Ah, it's a good one. But yeah, you got those questions that actually make someone think and answer are much right. better questions. How are you? Is is just fluff. It, yeah, it kind of is. And most people say uh, I've read statistics that say eighty percent of conversations start with the weather. Yes, I believe that. <laughs> you know, well, at least it's not raining. You know, like, <laughs> that, that is so true. Because yeah, everyone are you, you know sitting in a doctor's office waiting. You're like, oh, it's cold out today, huh? Yeah, that's that is how you talk to strangers. That's so true. So when you transitioned from pharma to construction, was there something in between? There was. I worked for a nonprofit in between. Okay. Actually, I worked. For, I, I also did sales in between. I've done a lot of things. <laughs> yes. So yeah, I did pharma, then I did uh, you know some sales for a little while, and then I worked for a nonprofit for a while, and then I worked at a construction association for 10 years. And now, and now I'm in consulting. How did you how did you get started doing that? How did that unfold? It for the um, construction association. Yeah. I have no good story. There was a job ad. And so over the years, so many people have asked, how'd you get involved? I'm like, there was a job ad. And I yeah, like, oh. there was an ad that I answered. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I wish it I wish I had a good story, but I was like, no, there's this ad and I applied and they interviewed me. Um, but I mean, that was a, a great, great role for me. You know, I, I grew a lot in that role. It was a great association, great organization, got to meet lots of folks in the construction industry. You know, that's a great industry. The, the construction people are kind of, you know, the salt of the earth, really good people. Yep. I've met so many amazing people. So the construction industry is definitely near and dear to my heart. Yeah. Yeah, I got to do some consulting work with a large construction company in Istanbul. That was really interesting. Wow, that's pretty neat. Yeah, it was cool. It was uh, one of the highlights of my career was a week in Istanbul. And yeah, I mean, I've just been blessed to do a lot of really cool things. Mm -hmm. um, so what advice would you often would you offer women in business? You've obviously got a broad and uh, and deep experience in business overall. What are three things you would say every woman needs to understand and apply? Um, I think you need to trust in yourself. Kind of if you get that gut feeling, go with it. So instinct. Instinct. Instinct is really important. Um, take what others say with a grain of salt. <laughs> because I think so often, you know, someone else's opinion of you is not necessarily everyone else's opinion of you. And actually I have a story about that. So a few years ago, well, a while back, um, my boss came to me and told me I giggle a lot. And I mean, you've met me a few times. I don't feel like I'm a giggler. I've um, never heard you giggle. Yeah, I, I don't feel like I, I giggle. So I've heard um, you laugh uproariously, but I haven't. Uh, heard exactly. You They're very different. So I was working with an executive coach at the time. She actually, my boss chatted and he told her the same thing. And she was funny. She was like, I, I, call, I call BS on that. Um, and it's I, I, funny, I'm not sure where it came from. I am a very lighthearted person. So, you know, I, I, I do laugh. I do keep things light. I don't feel like I giggle. So um, a few years later, someone I, I was working with was uh, talking to someone about me, but I was standing there and said uh, their favorite thing about me was that everywhere I go, there's laughter. Mm. Either, either I'm laughing or I'm making someone else laugh because they feel, make them feel so comfortable. So right. their favorite thing about me was laughter. So you kind of just the two sides to that. So if, you know, if, if I got really if I took personally what that first person said, their opinion really didn't matter. So it, yeah. it I think very much um, take what people say with a grain of salt. Some what you what you think of me is none of my business. 
Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yes. And my third thing is you can't be all things to all people. Everyone's, wow. everyone's not going to like you and that's okay. Yep. That's okay. Focus hey, everybody's on always that. glad to see me. Someone I arrive and someone I leave. <laughs> there you go. Exactly. You know, it's all good. <laughs> but yes, th those are my three pieces of advice. That's great advice. Wow. I'm, I'm taking notes <laughs> because that's what I do. Yes. So, so let's go a little easier then I'll get tougher on you again. Okay. Oh boy, so okay. fa fast paced questions on an airplane, window or aisle? Window. Would you rather lose your keys or your phone? Keys. <laughs> Was that a question or an answer? I'm trying to think like, yeah, well, keys. Cause I feel like if you lose your phone, like the world ends If you lose your keys. I have another key to my car in the house. So right. Right. Yeah. yeah. So I feel like keys, any key I have. I can replace. Okay. Do you sing in the shower or do you cry at movies? Um, not sure I do either, but I'm more likely to cry at a movie. I, I don't ever sing in the shower. I sing in the car. You know, I do. I sing in the car. You're right. I sing in the car when I'm alone, I, but I never sing in the shower. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Isn't that weird? Yeah, because I, I know no one can, else can hear me in the car. Right. The shower, I mean, my son, my son might be, my son might be home or, you know, the dog can hear me. Um, but in my car, I'm all alone. I will sing in the car. That's funny. Uh, apples or oranges? Apples. Yeah. I, nobody says oranges. I don't know why. This is like <laughs> one of those things where you just go, what? Or oranges. Or, or you know, they're they're good for you. We know that. Oh, my gosh. Um, <laughs> okay. Uh, what did you love to do when you were a kid that you don't do anymore? Um. Oh, goodness. I think, you know, just doing things and not just a thing but doing things without you know caring if anybody else was watching and just just having fun and being uninhibited i think right. as, you know, once you grow up you don't want to do the crazy thing as someone looking as someone watching um i think just when i think back to you know the, the the best days of your childhood it was just running around outside with my friends laughing and i feel like adults we don't you know, we have moments where we are all laughing, but we're much, we're very serious. So just being uninhibited and having fun. Nice. What are three words to describe you? Ooh. If somebody, if, if somebody were to say, you know, she's really, what would they say? Um, social. I'm very social. Um, I'm kind, I think. And I'm a problem solver. So social, kind, problem solver. It seems to me that's somebody I would want on my team. Uh, I, th I think you'd want me on your team. <laughs> for yes. sure. Right. Yeah. Yeah. When was the last time you did something for the first time? Oh, goodness. Um... I don't even, I can't even think of the last time I did something for the first time. Um, In other words, throwing yourself out of your comfort zone. Yeah. Yeah. Makes you uncomfortable. Well, so uh, back in, a few months ago, I went to Peru with a friend and we flew separately and I, I, I do fly alone. You know, I've traveled extensively. I'm fine flying alone, but I knew going to flying to Lima, like I speak very little Spanish and I got there before her. So that was very much out of my comfort zone. But the way flights worked and prices worked, we flew out of different airports. It, it 
it made sense. So um, just knowing I had to navigate and, and the airport in Lima is a little crazy, had to navigate that and get myself to the hotel by myself. That got me a little out of my comfort zone. Again, I've traveled alone before, but not to like, you know, Lima made me a little uncomfortable at first, but I did it. Mm. What's Peru like? It's on my list, but I've never been. Oh, Peru was beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Um, did you, know, you hike Lima, up to Machu Picchu? We didn't. We didn't. Um, my friend who I went with actually is, is Peruvian. She grew up in the U.S., but she went to Peru many times as a child. So we went for her birthday. We just hung around Lima. We went down to uh, Paracas, and there's I forget what the, the I forget what the name of the islands are. There's islands off of there. They're absolutely amazing. We took a boat out there, saw penguins and lots and lots of seals. So that was really just and beautiful water. And then went to an amazing place called Huacachina, which is it, it, you have to you have to look it up. It's, if you see aerial photos, it's just this town in the middle of like a bowl of sand. There's sand wow. all around. Everywhere you are in the town, you look up, there's sand dunes around you. It was just, it was beautiful and, and just unexpected. I didn't expect Peru to have a desert like that. Not what like I pictured. Like nothing else you'd seen or expected. Absolutely not. Wakachina was the most like incredible thing I've ever seen. So uh, so yeah, we, we got to see some really cool stuff. That's really cool. Well, what's great about your life right now? What What are you doing? You're, you've so, shifted, you've shifted gears. I have. So I have. So I started back about in 2021, I started doing consulting. A lot of what I did um, at the Construction Association was like strategic planning with chapters of the organization. And I was involved in the organization strategic plan. And I love the strategy. Like I said, I'm a problem solver. Right. So I like, I feel like, you know, a lot of the strategy is like puzzle. Let's put the pieces together and get to where we're going. So um, I started in about, I guess about 2021, doing it on the side. And, um, in 2023, I started doing consulting full-time. So working with clients, doing strategic planning, you know, facilitating their sessions, helping them with their plans, helping them with their goals and strategies. We're also working with individuals. And so businesses, individuals, uh, you know, a workshop that I'm, I'm, I'm doing, um, on crafting your future kind of, you know, setting goals for yourself, all those things we say we're going to get to someday. Someday is not a time we let, like, if it's 10 years from now. So in 10 years, we're going to do that. Let's plan to get there. Right. Um, so, you know, we, too many things. We just kind of push off. We'll get to it. And we never do get to it. So someday um, I'll. Exactly. No, exactly. And those are the things I, I work with clients on, you know, what are the things you can do someday? And that they, uh, you know, that's like nails on a chalkboard to me because someday is not really a plan. So, and again, as I said, what shaped me very early in my life, life is short. So if you, you know, don't plan on doing these things, you might not get there. I told you my mom died at 59. My mom died with many, many, many vacation days. She was always saving them. Right. I'm not sure for what, but you know, I, I'm not that person. I see even in this conversation, I've talked about several trips I've gone on. Life is short, you know, go explore the world, go do things. Don't put things off. Cause you, you know, you never know. I took my wife to England in August and it was lovely because I hadn't been there for 50 years. Got to see my cousin who I hadn't seen in 50 years. And he'd taken me to a soccer game, a football game, to see yeah. Georgie Best play. In 1967, there was like 100,000 people there. And it was just amazing. And we went all over South and Southern England and just had the time of our life. And so when we got back, I made a list of 10 places I want to see uh, internationally. Yeah. So I made a promise to my wife, we're going to go somewhere every year internationally. Yeah. No, I mean, you should, right? All those things like, oh, someday I'll get there. And then yeah. you know, 
life moves fast and then yes. someday it'll, it'll be too late. So yeah. want to go the places go now, or, or at least, you know, plan. Okay. Next year I'll go make a plan. Right. Now my wife threw a, a wrench in the plans. I thought we were going to maybe go to Spain or Germany because we both speak German and, and uh, she goes, no, I want to, I want to fly to Chicago and rent a motor home and drive route 66 to Los Angeles. Wow. Wow. And I said, well, I've already done that. She goes, well, I haven't. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess that's what we're doing this summer. I don't know. We haven't solidified the plans yet, but we're not going to Germany this year. Yeah, well, Route 66 is still a cool trip. I've been, I've never done the whole thing. I've been on like pieces of it in different states. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Yeah, I've, been, cool. I've probably driven two thirds of it, but yeah, from different directions. But yeah. you know what? It's yes, dear, right? So it's yeah, exactly, uh, exactly. It's a... <laughs> If, if five years is a short period of time, and I believe it is, where do you want to be in five years? Um, I, I get, I, I, I love, I love what I'm doing now. I love, you know, consulting with people, helping them. So I want to be doing more of that. Okay. I want to be helping people reach their goals. I feel like, you know, in, in life, I'm in a good place. I've kind of almost met a lot of my goals. So if I can help others be the best that they can be, that's sort of you know, my calling at this point. There's no greater feeling than somebody calls you and said, you know, uh, as a result of the things you shared with me, this is what happened. One, two, three, mm -hmm. four, five. And they tell you, you know, and I, I'm really blessed. I get to hear that all the time. Yeah. Oh, you're absolutely that, right. Yeah. There's nothing better than that. Nothing I could do could make me feel as good as someone telling me I helped them and their life is richer because yeah. of something I said. So I think it was Mark Twain that said, you can't give somebody flowers without getting some of that good smell on yourself. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I really like that. Mm -hmm. What are some of your biggest hopes for the future? Um, again, I, I don't know that I have some big grand hope. Um, I hope I get to keep doing what I'm doing. You know, obviously I hope my kids do well in their lives. Um, All right. I'm going to throw down a challenge to you. You ready? Uh -oh. Uh -oh, We're doing scared. it publicly. So you can't right. back out of this one. Okay. We got about three minutes here. So I dare you to write a book. Oh, okay. Since you, since you dared me and now it's recorded. It's double dared now. I just okay. doubled down on the dare. Okay. Forget about it. I mean, <laughs> talk to me. There you go. Huh? Is that a goal or what? Yeah, that, right. How many books have you written? Nine. Nine. Yeah, I knew you were, you're up to quite a few. Yeah. Yeah, and a bunch of ebooks too, so, but yeah. I, I, and I've thought about it. You never know. I might write a book someday. Now that you dared me, I have to. Well, just write it down. It'll happen. Yeah. And, and when you're ready to do that, you just give me a call and I hope you, I'll save you a ton of time. I'll send you a, a 12 page special report entitled, So You Want to Be a Writer. It'll right. save you hundreds and hundreds of hours. Okay. All right. Yes. You send me that, I'll write the book. <laughs> and Bob's your uncle, as they say in England. So uh, postscript, passing thoughts. Um, I'd say, you know, just, just in life, keep your eye on where you want to go, work hard to get there. Mm -hmm. Hard works is one thing that works hundred percent of the time. Yep. Yeah. And, and don't lose sight of where you're going. We get so often we get bogged down in the day to day and you focus on right now, right this minute. And then five years from now, 10 years from now, you're in the same place doing the same thing. Right. You need to take a step back and look, okay, where do I want to go? And yeah. how am I getting there? If, yeah. if I, am I on the right path? Great. If not, you know, what I'm doing isn't getting me there. So always just kind of have your eye on, eyes on the prize, 
where is it you want to get to and and keep moving there yeah what's the what's the what and what's the why the how's going to come over time exactly exactly yeah it's it's interesting my friend gary very successful guy uh has five houses all over the world and and we were playing cribbage one night and i said uh you know what's your advice you know for people to be successful and he said uh well i only work half days I said, really? He said, yeah, a.m. or p.m. You have to decide which 12 hours is best for you. Yes. And again, you know, 100% of the thing that works every time is hard work. Well, yeah. I'm so grateful for you making the time out of your busy schedule. Oh, and one last thing. Uh, have you read Alan Weiss's book, Million Dollar Consulting? I have not. Okay, put that on your list. I will. Will do. He's a smart guy. Thank you so much, Kathy, for making the time to talk with me today. It's so good to, to hear your voice and to, uh, and to gather up some insights from you. you. You've obviously got a lot to offer. Thank you so much. It's been great chatting with you, Mark. GE Appliances and Air and Water Solutions is dedicated to serving the unique needs of the plumbing, heating, and ventilation and air conditioning industry. GE has launched a robust product portfolio that includes water heaters, water filtration, commercial HVAC, ductless, and ducted HVAC. The GE team is focused on putting the pros at the center of our business by delivering an iconic, trusted brand that is easy to sell, an innovation that makes installation easier, and dedicated to support that makes doing business simpler. At GE, we call this being pro-centric. To learn more and request information about GE, go to geappliancesairandwater.com. That's GE Appliances Air and Water.com. Thank you for listening. If I struck a chord, inspire you to action, or piqued your curiosity, let me know. Call or text me at 206 697 0454 or send me an email at mark at sparkingsuccess.net. Should you wish to hire me to speak to your organization or association, or order one of my books, simply go to my website, www.sparkingsuccess.net. And remember, make it a great day, unless you have other plans.